If you are sick and tired of writing all your songs in major keys and minor keys without ever breaking outside of the key for any chord or any melody, and you're sick of the incredibly major sound or incredibly minor sound of all of your songs, and you also haven't really wanted to necessarily dedicate a whole song to being in a certain mode like the Dorian mode or the Phrygian mode, which we've talked about modes before, then this is the episode for you because we're talking about parallel modes and borrowed chords, or at least the basics of these. This should be a pretty good crash course to get you from maybe knowing nothing about them to having enough to be dangerous out there with songwriting. This was based off of a question from one of you. So let's talk about it. Hello, friend. Welcome to another episode of the Songwriter Theory Podcast. Honored to have you talking with me about songwriting today. I certainly do not take it for granted that you have plenty of things you could be doing and you choose to listen to this episode. We have busy lives and that is not lost on me. So I want to know, or I want to know, I want you to know that I appreciate you and I appreciate that you're willing to spend some time with me. means a lot to me. If you haven't already, a great guide to make sure to grab, especially if music theory is pretty new to you or if you're somebody who doesn't yet see the value in music theory, perhaps because you're somebody who doesn't realize that music theory and knowing how to read music notation is not at all the same thing, or because you've heard the rumor that is dumb and not true at all, uh, that music theory is just academic knowledge. I don't know why so many people say that. Maybe not so many people. Only ignorant people say that. But a lot of ignorant people say that, just like a lot of other quote-unquote common knowledge. Uh, it's it's just wrong. <laughs> it's just not true. Uh, but anyway, if you want to crash course on just the four core things that I think every single songwriter absolutely does need to know about music theory, even if you're sitting there thinking, oh, I don't want to learn music theory, it sounds like it's going to be boring and academic, which it's not. It's incredibly practical unless, in fact, I would actually go so far as to say it might be the single most practical thing I ever learned in my life to help me with songwriting. And specifically, the four pieces of music theory that I talk about that are those four pillars in my free guide is are the four things that most are helpful. Those are the four most core elements that are important to understand, which are keys, intervals, chords, and chord progressions. Those are the four things we talk about in that guide. So that's the songwritertheory.com slash music theory guide. If you're interested, link will be in the show notes as always. But that's a great thing to grab to make sure you understand that stuff. And if you don't understand those things, this episode might be a bit much for you, just so you have been warned. This is a music theory intensive one, but I'll try to explain it in a way that even if you don't fully understand those things, uh, you'll still be able to get something from this episode. Anyway, for the rest of you who've already gotten that guide and who are already on the train of, yes, we buy into this whole, like, hey, music theory is super helpful to know when you're writing a song. It makes you more efficient and it allows you to know what you're doing more. Uh, for those of you, well, that two minutes was probably a waste of your time. So I'm sorry. But <laughs> let's get into it. So first, what is a parallel mode? Basically, a parallel mode is just a mode or a key slash scale that shares the same root or tonic note as the key you're in. So, for example, let's say 
that you are in C major. We'll pick on the easiest key of all. So if you don't know what C major is, C major would be the, the most basic key on the piano, right? So when you have your first piano lesson and they, they tell you, don't worry about the sharps and flats, right? Just play those white keys only. That is C major. Super simple. You don't have to worry about the sharps and flats. Um, so it's just C, D, E, F, G, A, B. That's it. No sharps, no flats, nothing. So a parallel mode of C major would be something else that is based around C, with C being the root, but instead of being major, that's the major sound, right? So that's C major right there. It will be another scale based off of C, such as, say, Phrygian. So parallel mode is simply another mode, another key that still has that same root note. So it's going to be sticking with whatever the root note the name of your key is, so if you're in D major or in D minor, D is what we would call the tonic. That's the main note. That's why if you do something in C major, it sounds resolved on one, right? That's, that is the concept of tonic. Feels like home. Your C note is going to feel like home in the context of a key of C or any mode of C. So for example, C natural minor would be a parallel mode of C major because C major is really the Ionian mode and C natural minor is the Aeolian mode, two different modes. And by the way, if you're like, what modes, what, what are we talking about here? Go back and listen to my episode on modes. I believe there's an episode on modes. If not, it's on the YouTube channel. I'm pretty sure I have a video for each of the modes on the YouTube channel, which shockingly enough is called Songwriter Theory. So be sure to check that out and then come back to this episode because the more I think about it, <laughs> I feel like you kind of need to understand at least a little bit of modes. Maybe You know what? No, hold off. Don't go anywhere because most of what we're talking about won't really involve modes. It will mostly involve major and minor. So anyway, so a parallel mode just shares the same root note, the same tonic note. It's just going to have different notes off of that tonic note because, well, it's a parallel mode because C major and C minor have the same tonic, right? They both have C. Just C major is going to go. And then C minor will be. Right? So it started with the same note, but what gives it the minor tonality are all the different intervals and all the different notes after C. Of note here, this is not to be confused with a relative minor. So the relative minor would be a minor key that has the same key signature as the major key. So C major, which has no sharps or flats, right? We already established that. So there's no sharps or flats. So the key signature just has like n nothing for the sharps and flats section. A minor is the relative minor of C major. So that shares the same key signature. In fact, when you look at the key signature, there's no way for you to know whether it's truly in C major or A minor. That would be a relative minor. We are not talking about that. We're talking about a parallel minor or a parallel mode or parallel key. We're basically going to use mode, key, and scale interchangeably here. They're not all exactly precisely the same, but for the sake of this discussion, they're largely the same. Uh, 
usually key is reserved for major, minor, uh, but technically modes include major or minor. A major key is the same as as Ionian mode, and minor key would be the same as Aeolian mode. Uh, and then there's other modes such as Dorian, Phrygian, Lydian, Mixolydian, and even Locrian, which we don't talk about because it's basically worthless, um, <laughs> according to like everyone. Uh, I, I haven't been able to, I, I don't know, I feel like it's just not worth the effort to make it work. Anyway, not the main point of this episode. So that's what a parallel mode is. Same tonic, but different mode. So C Dorian would be the would be a parallel mode of C major or C Ionian. C Phrygian would be a parallel mode for Aeolian or minor. So what's a borrowed chord? And how does it connect to a parallel mode? Well, a borrowed chord is basically just a chord from a key or mode that's parallel to your song's key or mode. So, for example, we'll use C major again. We'll to try to not throw too much music theory at you at once. We're mostly going to stick. I think we're totally sticking with C major today. So, for example, if you're in C major, aka C Ionian, Ionian mode and major key are the same. You could borrow from C minor instead and play something such as a minor four chord, which would be naturally occurring in your minor, in your C, in C minor, uh, but it's not naturally occurring in C major because in C major you would have C major and then the naturally occurring four chord would be F major. A uh, quick version if you don't know what numbers are. Basically, one just corresponds to the first note, what it's named after, which would be C. So you count up to D. That's your two. Three is E. Four is F. So the chord built off of the fourth scale degree is what we would call the four chord. So in every major key, your one, your four, and your five chords are always naturally going to be major. But if we decide that we want to borrow the minor four from C minor, that would be an example of a borrowed chord. So if we went C major and then F major and then F minor and then back to C major, that would be an example of a borrowed chord because that F minor, that does not naturally occur in C major because that actually does use a flat. That uses A flat, which is not naturally occurring in C major, which all of you know, <laughs> whether you know music theory or keys or, or not, uh, simply because at the beginning I, met, I made a point of like, hey, C major, that you start with that, especially as a pianist, uh, because you don't have to worry about the sharps and flats, right? It's just the white keys. It's, ni it's nice and easy for a beginner. It's all, you know, at the same level because with sharps and flats, you know, they're up and farther back or whatever. So that's the idea of a borrowed chord. You're just taking a chord that would be naturally occurring in a parallel mode and utilize it within your song, even though your song is not in that mode overall. So just be, so your song may be in C major, but you borrow a chord for a moment that's from, say, C minor or from C Dorian or from C Phrygian. Uh, which there's going to be some overlap there. But so overall, what's the point? Basically, this allows you to borrow other tonal elements 
outside of those that naturally occur in the key you've chosen. So a way to think of it is to think of it like how sometimes movies or shows, in fact, often movies and shows, borrow elements from other genres in certain moments to maybe add a little impact or or sometimes have an element of surprise that is hopefully a pleasant surprise. Uh, the main example I can actually think of of this is going back to the Sam Raimi early 2000s Tobey Maguire Spider-Man trilogy. So Sam Raimi was a horror director primarily before he took on Spider-Man and absolutely crushed it, at least in the first two. Uh, and the third one's not his fault. Go look it up. <laughs> but anyway, that Spider-Man trilogy uh, in Spider-Man 2 there's the scene with Doc Ock, right? So it's sort of the birth of Doc Ock. It's not, it's not the first time he puts on the tentacles, uh, but it's the time that the doctors are trying to saw them off, right? Because it's sort of implanted into his body, so they're trying to saw them off. And basically the arms come alive, and it turns into kind of a horror movie. And it, he borrows from, like, horror movie tropes with the, like, screaming person, and then the tentacle comes and, you know, kills them, and you assume brutally murders them, but you don't, you don't exactly always see it because it does need to be PG-13 and all that. But that whole scene is very horror-like in the way it's executed. And the movie, of course, is not a horror movie, right? It's Spider-Man 2. It's an action movie. It's a superhero movie. And it, it's notably not horror. But Sam Raimi uses a horror element just in the one scene to sort of add gravitas and scariness to Doc Ock. Because you can see, like, oh, this is what those tentacles are capable of. And it really helps to make him extra menacing. So, to me, that's a good example of how we should sort of look at borrowed chords is it's just one scene right it's not like half the movie becomes horror and then you're like confused at like so what is the genre of this movie or like so what's going on because <clears throat> certainly some shows or movies go, go too far with this right where sometimes it's like trying to mix a serious subject matter with comedy and it doesn't quite work because the serious element takes away from the comedy and then when they do comedy, it feels like it just comes off weird and wrong because it's like, well, I mean, something really horrible just happened. Like, uh, no, this isn't funny. Like what? And it kind of ruins both, right? It's just muddled. It's like, what are you? Are you a comedy movie? Are you a, a sad drama? I can't tell what's going on here. That's where it goes too far, right? So that's not what we want. So the idea of a borrowed chord is usually you want to very quickly after the borrowed chord – Go to a chord that makes it clear, hey, 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 you know, I know that I just used that, you know, F F minor, but I'm still in C major, okay? Like, like, don't don't think I changed keys or anything. I didn't. I didn't switch to C minor to totally. So you need to remind people or remind their ears implicitly, hey, 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 we're we're still in the key that we were in. That was just a borrowed chord. Because if you spend too long without re-clarifying, hey, really we're in D major or G minor or whatever key your song overall is in, it, it starts to become muddled, and we don't want that. So there's three main keys to making it work. One is to keep it short. Don't spend a long time on this borrowed chord. Just keep it short. Hit it, make it a pleasant surprise, and then move on and go back to 
the the overall key that the song is in. Don't mess with sort of being in a nebulous key for like 30 seconds. And then the second part, which also we sort of just touched on, but just to make sure it's clear, have a key or mode clarifying chord or chords closely before and or after your chord happens. So in the example I gave, right, it's C major, sort of established. Okay, this is in C major probably. And then there's F major, which is now like, oh, well, it's almost definitely in C major because at least now we're pretty sure it's in either F major or C major. It's definitely not in G major, one would think, because then there would be the F sharp. And then we go to that F minor, and then you're like, oh, whoa, what's going on? But then we go right back to C major, and it's like, oh, okay. I think we're in C major. <laughs> we're, we're still in C major. We're good. And it's going to become really clear, again, if we go back to the F major later. But also, we just came from F major, so for the most part, it's pretty clear in this context that, hey, that was a borrowed chord, that F minor, not a key change. Right, because we go right back to establishing, okay, but this this is this is our tonic right here. And then the last thing, the last key, if you will, to making it work, I think, is that the entire song needs to shift to playing in a mode that contains the new chord while you're in that new chord. So for an obvious example, when you're playing that F minor chord, we'll stick with that example for a moment which if you don't know, F minor is F, B flat, or I'm sorry, A flat, <laughs> F, A flat, and C. So normal F major would have A natural, but we have A flat instead. You shouldn't be singing an A during that. You can probably hear why, at least normally. I guess in certain genres, you maybe could make that work and be intentional about, yeah, okay, every rule's meant to be broken. But for the most part, while we are in the F minor chord, the entire song should shift for that moment to make sure that they are playing notes that are in a, a parallel mode that contains F minor naturally. So the easy example here is basically you should treat the whole song like, okay, you're, you're actually in C minor right now for the duration of that chord. So the whole song, I'm talking every instrument, right? Guitars, pianos, organs, bass guitar, everything. Vocalist should be C major, C major, C minor for a bit, and then back to C major. Not just the one chord, right? All Every instrument that's playing should be playing notes probably in C minor. I say probably in C minor because technically C minor is not the only mode that, that you could get that, um, the only parallel mode, I should say, that you can get that minor four chord from, um, but we'll cover that in a bit. So overall, keep it short and have key slash mode clarifying chords before and after, preferably. After is even better. As you want to borrow the element, borrow the chord for effect. 
you don't want to actually make the song's total tonality nebulous. You don't want people to be like, wait a second, what key is this in for the next 30 seconds? It should just be a nice like, oh, okay. And then the song just kind of continues on. It doesn't make a big deal of it. It just throws it in there and moves on. Let's pick on some of the most commonly used borrowed chords and we'll connect it to sort of the idea of parallel modes a little bit and then talk a little bit about parallel modes at the end. But for the most part, probably what you would utilize is more just the borrowed chords, not so much actually utilizing parallel modes, although sometimes you do. But again, we'll talk about that at the end. So let's just cover the one that we've already talked about. Just finish that one out, which is that minor four chord. Normally, in the context of a major key, you would have a major four chord. So in a major key, you could borrow a minor four chord from either the minor key, aka the Aeolian mode, or the Phrygian mode. Because technically, the Phrygian mode also would have that minor four chord, because the only difference between a minor key or the Aeolian mode in a Phrygian mode is that Phrygian mode also has a flat two. The scale is exactly the same besides the flat two. So minor starts with, in the context of C, we'll just stick with C. It's C and then a whole step to D and then a half step to E flat, which is what gives that minor sound because major would be to E, natural. Would be major, would be minor. But for Phrygian, we actually flat the second, which is what gives you that Jaws sound, which is, and then the rest is just minor. So the only difference is major, or sorry, minor would be like this. And then Phrygian is what gives that Jaws sound. Right? So either way, both minor aeolian or phrygian mode both contain that minor four chord so when we go to that minor four we can choose to have all the other instruments conform momentarily to either minor just c minor or to c phrygian assuming again that the song is in c major which we're going to assume for this whole episode now, keep in mind, just as as a quick review, there's, there's basically three, quote-unquote, major modes, three minor modes, and then there's Locrian, which is sort, sort of a, a diminished mode, if you will. I don't think that's a real thing that people say, but that's essentially what it is. If you consider a mode or key as determined by what its one chord is, right? So the reason that C major is C major is because the one chord is C major, the reason that C minor is C minor is because the one chord is the C minor chord. So in your three major modes, so C Lydian, C Ionian, which is the same as major, and C Mixolydian all have the one chord is major. That's why they're major modes. And then the three minor modes, Dorian, Aeolian, same as natural minor, and Phrygian all have a naturally occurring minor one chord. Locrian would have a naturally occurring diminished chord. So that's why I say that it's essentially diminished mode. All right. So for that minor four chord, 
what are some good clarifying chords? And when I say clarifying chords, I'm saying, all right, you want to use that minor four chord. Great. What are some chords that you can use to clarify, hey, hey, th don't forget, I didn't have a key change there, really. That was just a borrowed chord for a moment. First of all, the one chord is almost always a decent clarifying chord choice. It's not always perfect, <laughs> for sure, <clears throat> but one chord, always a good choice. A great choice in this case would be the four chord, the major four chord. Why? Because we just had the minor four chord. So if we utilize the major four chord to remind, hey, normally this chord is major, that can be a great way to go. Um, you also, for what it's worth, most of the time, your best clarifying chords are going to be your major one, your major four, and your major five. Why? Because assuming for a moment that we're in C major, you're in a major key predominantly, establishing the major chords is a great way to remind someone's ear of what key they're really in. So we've talked about the minor four chord probably just about enough. Am I right? So, uh, last thing on that, by the way, is one of the most common uses for the minor chord four is right after a major four, which is the example I gave, right? The C major, and then F major, F minor, and then back to the one. So that would be an example of that F minor, that minor four coming directly after a major four. Another one, a major two chord. So naturally, in the context of a major key, we would have a minor two chord. So in C major, we'd have C, C major, and then we would have D minor. So a major two would be then D major instead. Now, in this case, this would be borrowed essentially from the Lydian mode because the Lydian mode has a sharp four. And to make our D minor, which contains, in the context of C, right, so C major is our one chord, right? So D is our two, E is our three, F is our four, and we need an F sharp in order to have D major, because the D major chord is D, F sharp, and A. So naturally in C major, because there are no sharps or flats, we would have an F natural, which is what makes it minor. But because the Lydian mode is the exact same as the major key, except that it has a sharp four, and we've already covered that four is F in the context of C major, that's the F sharp that we need for that D major chord. So that major two chord is, is from the Lydian mode, basically. There are other ways to utilize it, but as far as in the context of using parallel modes and borrowed chords from parallel modes, that's what it's from. So great clarifying chords, if you choose to use a major two, are going to be a minor two, because then it's sort of the same as that, or the opposite, I guess, of the example before where we re-clarified, hey, normally this four chord, normally this F chord is major, not minor. It's the same thing, but in reverse. We're saying, hey, normally this two chord is actually minor. We just borrowed that major part. And then another one uh, would be the four chord. And one of the reasons for the four chord is usually 
when we're looking for chords to clarify again what our actual key for our song is. So in this case, reminding them, hey, this is really in C major. It's not in C Lydian. Usually what we're looking for is a chord that contains the non-borrowed note. So what I mean by that is in, the con in our major two chord, the note that we're using that is external from the scale, the one that's not naturally occurring in C major is that F sharp, right? Because our C major is... Right, so not, not this. This wasn't in there. So picking a chord that has that F natural to remind people, hey, normally, normally in this song, it's F natural, not F sharp, is a good way to go. So in this case, just our four chord would do that. Right? It quickly establishes, hey, here's our C major. Here's our borrowed chord. But now I have that F natural again that is naturally occurring in our C major. This is our four chord. And that really helps make it so that it's really clear pretty much that whole time. Hey, we're in C major. Another option is a major flat seven. So major flat seven means that you take the last scale degree, basically. So in this case, a B, because C, D, E, F, G, A, B, before you get back to C. So <clears throat> normally, naturally, in the context of a major key, your seven chord is going to be diminished, actually. So in our case, it's going to be a B, a D, and an F. So for our major flat seven chord, we're just flatting that B to make it B flat instead, which then makes it a major chord. So what is this borrowed from? This is borrowed from either the Mixolydian mode, the Dorian mode, or possibly the Aeolian mode, AKA minor. So when we borrow this flat seven chord, which again would be B flat major in the context of C major, when we borrow that, one of the three modes we can choose to sh shift the whole song to, whether it's our melody or our other guitar parts or what, is going to be Mixolydian, Dorian, or minor, a.k.a. Aeolian. And the reason this is important is because it might be the case that you want to keep the song very major sounding. You just want to darken it a tad, in which case you probably want to go more the Mixolydian or Dorian route. Because Aeolian, minor, is, that's a minor, that's straight up the, the minor key, right? So that's going to sound decently dark. But it might be the case that you just don't want something as bright as a normal major key. In fact, the Mixolydian mode is something that is pretty commonly used in rock just to give it a little bit less of an overwhelmingly bright sound to their major songs. So they just utilize the Mixolydian mode, which helps darken it a tad because, uh, again, if, if any of this mode stuff is over, go ch check out that episode and the videos on the YouTube channel. It breaks them down. But um, basically every mode is on a spectrum. The, the brightest of all of them is Lydian, which is one step brighter than our major key, a.k.a. the Ionian mode. So then we have I Ionian mode, major key. And then we have Mixolydian, which is one shade darker than, than major. 
And then we have Dorian, which is two shades darker than our major key. And then we have Aeolian, a.k.a. minor, which is three shades darker than our major and also is minor, right? So seen from a certain point of view, Dorian is a slightly brighter minor or Dorian is a significantly darker major because, again, it's a spectrum here. And then Phrygian is taking a minor key or Aeolian mode and making it even one step darker. And then Locrian sounds like it would be cool because it has a sweet name, kind of like Phrygian. Um, and you think, oh, it's even darker than Phrygian. And honestly, no, not really. It just sounds terrible. <laughs> like, it's sad, really, because it has a cool name and, and everything. But uh, Phrygian, Phrygian is where it's at if you want something real dark sounding. But anyway, so our major flat seven is going to be either borrowed from Mixolydian, Dorian, or Aeolian. And you're going to choose which one based on what your intent was, right? Do you want to largely keep it major? Okay, then do Mixolydian. Because Mixolydian is still a major mode. It still would have a naturally occurring C major key chord, in fact. Um, but if you want to make it darker and really give it like a minor sound for a second in the same way that our our minor four chord did, right? That sounds distinctly minor, right? It might, there could be some different modes you could use, but clearly it got minor. But when it comes to C major to your major flat seven, which again is gonna be B flat major in the context of C major, that could be minor, but as you just heard, that doesn't, that doesn't inherently sound like, oh, they went to a, a minor mode there. Like, no, no, I, it, I could have stayed very major. In fact, the danger of using the flat seven is that it will then actually make your so song sound like it's in the key of F major in this context. Because if you have a major chord next to another major chord, you may remember, if you know some of your theory, that our major chords in a major key are one, four, and five. So we just had like four and five. We had two major chords next to each other, right? We had C major, B flat major. So really, turns out, that's too low. <laughs> turns out that this, this could be just a song in F major. Right? That sounds kind of resolved, right? So when we use that B-flat major, the danger is that people are going to, people's ears are going to start to think, oh, really, this is an F major. So how do we show them that, no, it is, it is not, in fact, in F major. The best chord to clarify, hey, no, this is just a borrowed chord and we are not in F major nor are we truly in the Mixolydian mode or Dorian mode or Aeolian mode, is going to be your G major chord, your major five chord. So if you're using a major flat seven chord that you're borrowing, a great clarifying chord is going to be your five chord. Why? Because to stick with C for a moment, we just said that the danger of that B flat major chord is that it's going to sound like, oh, really, we're in F major, right? But F major would not have a G major chord. 
because G major chord is G, B natural, and D. F major, though, has a B flat. And we just talked, right, about how th your main friend, to clarify very quickly that, hey, that was just a borrowed chord, still in whatever key you were in originally, is to whatever note was borrowed to use the normal version of it, the non-borrowed version of it. So we just borrowed a B flat for our major flat seven chord. So we wanna use a chord that uses B natural again, which would be our G chord. All right, so now it's, again, it's pretty clear, oh, we're in C major. And that five chord is gonna give us that. All right, we have two left. Major flat six, or flat major six, I guess. This one is different from the ones we've talked about before because it actually has two notes that are outside of the key signature. It has the first and the fifth. All the other ones we've talked about so far have only one note that is borrowed from a parallel mode. This one has two. So in the for our flat six... In the context of C major, we're going to actually have an A flat major chord, which is borrowing an E flat and an A flat, which is the first and the fifth of the chord. Both of those are borrowed. So this is going to be borrowed either from the Aeolian mode, aka Phrygian, the Phrygian mode, which is one shade darker than minor and is awesome. Not just because of the Jaws theme, it just is awesome and sounds kind of exotic and just it's so, it's so cool. If you're writing some dark rock music and you haven't tried the Phrygian mode, you got to try the Phrygian mode. And then Locrian, which we don't talk about and is worthless. So probably it's from the Aeolian or Phrygian mode when you are borrowing that major flat six chord. So the clarifying chords for this one is going to be your one per usual, uh, but your one is going to be even more impactful here simply because our one chord actually does contain an E natural, which we just had an E flat that was borrowed from this chord. So to use C major, per usual, we had C major, which is C, E, G, and then we had A flat major, which is um, C, E flat, an A flat, not in that order. You normally see it as A flat, C, and then E flat. But I'm doing the first inversion. So the beauty of this one is that just going back to the one chord is going to make it really clear. Oh, <laughs> okay. Just kidding. Uh, we're still in a major key because we just borrowed this flat. But then once we go back to that C major chord, it's making clear, hey, 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 normally we have an E natural, not an E flat. So one chord's gonna be a friend. And then also the four chord will be a friend because to go back to the notes we have, we have A flat, C, and E flat. So a chord that would clarify, hey, normally we don't have an A flat, we have an A in the context of the key that our song is in would be our F major chord, AKA our major four chord, because that has F, A, and C. So, 
would be an example. There's just C major, that borrowed flat six chord, which I believe is the one that they use for like every superhero theme ever, seemingly. Um, probably not every. If it's, I probably heard it once and <laughs> think it's for all of them. But um, that that borrowed flat six, very common, has a very sort of triumphant sound to it. But last one, your major flat three chord. So this also has two notes borrowed outside the key signature, the first and the fifth once again. So this is going to be borrowed from either the Dorian mode, the Aeolian mode, or the Phrygian mode, and the clarifying chords are going to be the one and the four. So, so for our flat three chord, in the context of C major, we have C major, flat three means that we're going to have an E flat again, and then it's going to be E flat major. So we're going to have E flat, G, which G is naturally occurring, and then B flat. So our last chord, our major flat six, was borrowing the flat three and a flat uh, six. This one is a flat three and a flat seven, right? Because we have E flat and B flat this time. So that's how we know. We won't walk through it again because I know we've walked through a lot here. This has been super intensive. Uh, my apologies if you're lost, but uh, hopefully, hopefully, if you go grab that free guide on music theory, that will they'll help you to be less overwhelmed, as well as uh, learning modes from those podcasts. But clarifying chords one and five. Why? Hopefully by now you are saying it out loud in the car wherever you're listening already, because now you have it in your head. The reason why is because we want to clarify the borrowed notes. We want to remind people, hey, normally that that in this case E flat is normally an E natural or normally that B flat would be a B natural. So we borrowed two notes. Two of them were the E flat and the B flat. So your one chord is going to clarify, hey, normally that's an E natural, not an E flat. And actually technically also you could use the minor 6 chord to clarify although usually using if you're trying to clarify that hey it's a major key usually using a minor chord is a little less effective but technically your a major chord would clarify hey we have a e natural instead of an e flat as well and then our 5 chord our g major chord since it has g b natural and then uh d would also work very well. Again, we want to lean towards assuming we're in a major key. Actually, regardless, if you're in a major or minor key, which probably you are, your one, four, and five are the best chords to clarify because in both contexts, your one, four, and five is going to match the same um, chord type as as the key type. So if, if you're in major, your one, four, and five chords are going to be major chords. And if you're in minor, your one, four, and five are going to be minor chords. Best way to clarify those are the three most important chords in the context of any key. So usually those are the ones you're going to want as a go-to. So your question is, okay, the notes that I borrowed for this borrowed chord, let's, let's look note by note and then figure out, okay, which of those three chords are going to clarify, hey, that flat, you know, A flat is normally A natural. That E flat is normally E natural. 
And those are the chords that you're going to want to look for. So I know we went over a ton here. I know this was drink probably drinking from a water hose. Um, but hopefully this was helpful. And then lastly, let's just touch on parallel modes for a second. Well, before we do that, let's talk about when we should use borrowed chords. Overall, why do we care? Why does it matter? So if, you're, if your chord progression feels stale or like it needs something different or a bit of a musical plot twist, it might be worth trying to utilize a borrowed chord. That's, that's one of the main ways to sort of think about using it. So it might, it might also be that say you're in, say you're in a, a major key. In fact, C major. <laughs> Shocking, I know. We're sticking with C major today. So in the context of C major, the naturally occurring minor chords are your minor two, which would be D minor, your minor three, which would be E minor, and then your minor six, which would be A minor. You might want to have a minor chord in your progression, but not feel like any of those three fit. So instead, you can borrow a minor chord from, so like that minor four chord, right? So you can borrow a chord that fits the tonality that you want. That way you're not just bound to the three minor chords that are naturally occurring. And then the same thing for major chords, right? You Maybe you don't want to just you have major one, major four, and major five, which are what's naturally occurring in any major key. Instead, you want to be able to be like, man, I, I want a major three. Okay. Well, then you can use a major flat three, in which case you are flatting both the E, or sorry, the three, and also flatting the seven, which in the context of C would be E flat and B flat. So parallel modes, we're going to quickly touch on this. So parallel modes can be utilized for key changes, especially for like a bridge or something, you could utilize a parallel mode. So for example, maybe you have a song that's in minor, natural minor, and you want to get even darker in the bridge. So you actually go to Phrygian. That would be one example. And then you also might have a mostly major sounding song, and then you sort of borrow from Mixolydian for a bit of a less bright sound and maybe a darker part of the song or for the chorus, maybe you want to be able to utilize more major chords than just your main four major chords. Or you can get even brighter by bar by borrowing and utilizing Lydian mode. So overall, parallel modes and borrowed chords are, are very similar. I would say the main difference is, first of all, any borrowed chord is effectively a borrowed chord from a parallel mode. But you also can think of parallel modes as modes that you can pivot to in your song for a little bit to sort of give a tonal shift. Now, I think the main difference is with a borrowed chord, the implication, as we've talked about here, is that you're going to borrow it for you know a second and then go back to whatever key you came from. But in the, for, for parallel modes, that might not be true. You might, you might stick with it for a lot longer. Now, because of that, usually for parallel modes, you are going to probably want to use a mode that is similar to the mode you came from. So if you have a whole song, and just use an extreme example, in C major, 
you probably aren't going to have a bridge that then goes to Sea Phrygian because that's on the opposite end of the brightness-darkness modal spectrum. Instead, it might be more common that you have a whole song or mostly a song in C major, and then at times you sort of go into the C Lydian mode. It's just one step brighter, right? Or C Mixolydian mode, which is one step darker. Or maybe even the Dorian mode, two steps darker. Most often you're going to do something like that. Um, also, switching to the parallel minor is certainly a thing that is done. Although you feel like usually when you switch to minor, you're often using the relative minor. But uh, certainly parallel minor is used as well. But whenever you're using parallel modes in such a way that it's not just for one borrowed chord, but it's it's really like, hey, there's a whole section of this song or a whole part of this song that I'm just switching to a different parallel mode. I'm going from from the Aeolian mode to the Phrygian mode. Usually in those cases, you want to stick with modes that are closer to the overall tonality of your song, which, I mean, to be fair, you probably want to do that. Normally, even for borrowed chords, it might be a little odd if you really do go from like C major to C Phrygian for a second back. That might be a maybe a step too far. I don't know, though. Try it. Try it. Admittedly, I have not really tried that. As, but go out there and try it. Why not? So just as a quick recap, things to try, right? What, 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 what can you practically take away from this? Let's assume you're in a major key song. The things to try are a minor four, a major two, a major flat seven, a major flat six, and a major flat three. Those are the main ones to try. Why not a minor one chord. There is no reason not a minor one chord. A minor one chord is absolutely a borrowed chord that's used sometimes as well. We just didn't talk about that here. But if you think about it, we've talked about borrowing from minor, right, from Aeolian mode, and C minor has a C minor chord. So uh, certainly if you're in, say, C major, borrowing a C minor chord is also something you can do. So by no means are we limited to the ones we talked about here. These are just some of the main ones that are really commonly used that we talked about here. Minor four, major two, and then the sort of flat series, if you will, which is flat major seven, flat uh, major six, and flat major three. In the case of flat major seven, the only note you have to flatten is that seven. And in the case of flat uh, ma major six and flat major three, you're, you're flattening both the first and the fifth. Hopefully this was helpful to you. I know this was sort of a graduate level songwriter theory episode. If you haven't been with us yet, uh, believe me, a lot of our episodes are not this down in the weeds of music theory. So go check out those if this uh, was was a bit much and maybe you weren't ready for it. Totally fine. But I guess <laughs> someone asked this on, on email. So here is the episode. Hopefully it was helpful to you who asked this question. Uh, and hopefully it was it was helpful to the rest of you as well. Again, if, if if there was really anything in this episode that you're like, man, I don't know what he's talking about there. First step, go check out my free guide on the four pillars of music theory that I think every songwriter really needs to know. What we talked about here is really not a thing that I think is necessary as a songwriter. Tons of songwriters probably go their entire career or whatever you want to call it, their entire time never utilizing or caring about borrowed chords. They're not a necessary thing to know. But the four pillars of music theory that we, that 
I talk about, those are the things that are like core to just being able to write efficiently. That's the type of knowledge that allows me to just sit at a piano or keyboard or whatever and just improvise for hours and it all sound pretty good and I can pretty quickly discover cool musical things. I'm like, ooh, I want to turn that into a song. Why? Because I understand keys and chords and chord progressions uh, as well as intervals, but intervals really is what the rest of those three are built off of. So be sure to check that out if you haven't already. But hey, you probably don't need that guide if you understood everything we talked about here today, then you don't, you don't need that guide. But if you were confused by some of these things, that's one place to go. Another place to go, again, is the YouTube channel and or this podcast, checking out the content I have on modes, because a lot of what we talked about here was pretty reliant on modes, as evidenced by, you know, the title that says Parallel Modes. So hopefully this is helpful to you. Thank you so much for watching. I appreciate every single one of you. Thank you to those of you who have been kind enough to leave kind reviews. I do appreciate that. It means a lot to me when people do that because I do, of course, pour a lot of love and time into this podcast and into the YouTube channel. Um, so so I, all those kind words and the nice reviews and everything uh, help help make it obvious like, hey, cool, this is worth it, as well as those of you that shoot out emails. I appreciate that as well. I'm probably a little behind on emails again, but no worries. I will catch up eventually. Thank you for listening. I appreciate every single one of you. Go out, have a great week. Try to utilize borrowed chords. Maybe just pick one of these, right? Just use that flat four, or sorry, not flat four, (laughs) that minor four. Just pick that one chord or one of the other ones that we mentioned. And just try to use it for a week. Try to figure out a way to write with it for one week. And then by the time the next episode comes, move on to something else. But hey, that's a good place to start. Pick one. Try to make it work. Try to write a song off of it. And I will talk to you in the next one.